All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. And I realize that every time I pretty much run through the introductions way too fast. So if you're a new listener, this is the Gospel for Life. And around the table, we have pastors representing different churches. We started this back in 2017 at the 500-year anniversary of the Reformation. And we just figured, man, we're just going to keep on doing this because this is so wonderful. So we're actually able to meet on a regular basis with other pastors. And we hope that this will actually... um, create and engender more um, church unity around the valley. And I think it probably is good to just say that if if you really aren't happy with the radio station or the radio program, it, it ultimately is the radio station's fault. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because they're the ones that promoted us it, in the beginning. <laughs> because they actually asked us to come in and do some shows to promote our first Reformation Boise Conference in 2017. So send all your hate mail. Yes, yes. <laughs> And so then after that, then they said, hey, have you ever thought about just doing this full time, continuing this? So at the end of the day, we do not take responsibility. uh, We don't. I'm looking outside the windows here and people are just shaking their heads. Everybody's left. Yeah. So let's give a proper introduction today. Um, Jonathan Vandenhugan, he's the pastor at Dayspring Reformed Church. Uh, We've been friends for longer than this program, though. Absolutely. Actually, all of us have been friends longer than this program, except yeah. for Ben that's visiting us today, yeah. Yeah. who who is uh, newly come to the United States. But, yeah, we're uh, going international. This is an international. Can you give us a taste of your accent for a moment? No, just do something. <laughs> do something profound, like you know, Psalm twenty three or some dance monkey dance. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little. <laughs> Not quite what I was aiming for, but that worked. That was profound. That was profound. I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Can said, you say, not my, <laughs> not, not my circus, not my monkeys? <laughs> well, no. He's just shaking his head. <laughs> so Ben is one of our pastoral interns at the Well Church. Um, hoping he's a, He at least has a visa for a couple years. We hope that he stays longer than that. Him and his family. My name is Josh Bells. I'm with the Well Church in Boise, and then Pastor Russ Herman. Um, we actually, I think we met in 2016. You yep. were ministering at Cloverdale. That's right. For like a year or so yep. at that point. Came in the fall of 2014. Mm-hmm. And I came to one of your evening services and been friends, mostly friends. Mostly friends since, since then. then. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, is that, was that an adequate introduction this time? That's we're good. we're getting there. Right? Right. It's, I'm it's learning. Good. I'm learning. Okay, so as per usual, the show is the Gospel for Life, and, and our, our aim is to connect uh, gospel, doctrine, Bible to everyday life. And we're reviewing a book by Paul David Tripp. This is like part 85, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the great thing about this book is he takes doctrines, um, describes them and then connects them to everyday life and today we're on the doctrine of the image of god in man and i think uh i really liked this particular chapter mm-hmm. i thought it was really mm-hmm. good and so let's just i guess um hopefully our listeners are like oh they're gonna go to genesis because that's where you find this this doctrine first of all uh, i just want to say one thing about the book of genesis and specifically the first three chapters all the seed doctrines of the entire bible are found in Genesis one through three, in, Correct. in their seed form. Mm-hmm. Now you, you go to other places in the in the Bible where it unpacks that, um, but every major doctrine is found in Genesis one through three. Mm-hmm. So sh- you're shaking your head, yes. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. you agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And the last Ligonier Conference, the 2022 National Conference, basically makes that case 
that you have these significant truths and doctrines, uh, beliefs that occur in Genesis 1 and 2, even into 3, that really shape Christian ethics. So if you have an opportunity, I would strongly encourage you to go to Ligonier app or Ligonier.org and give it a listen, 2022 National Conference. Yeah, it was remarkable. Uh, If you listen to that, you know, their conference theme was ethics, but uh, almost every speaker um, went to those first few chapters of Genesis, you know, whether they were going to talk about uh, marital ethics, they went there. Uh, yeah. You know, just uh, creational ethics. All of it came right back to these chapters. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start there then. Um, we're talking about the doctrine of the image of God in man. So, what does it mean that man was created in the image of God? There's two aspects to that. There's a there's a spiritual and relational aspect. And then there's a functional aspect, and uh, you know, as a relational being, we're, we're created for relationship. You know, we see that in the Godhead. You know, between the Trinity, the Triunity, uh, one God existing in three persons, and there's a there's there's a relational aspect there. He's created us in that relational image, um, so that's why he creates man and and female. Male and female, he created them. Um, there's also a functional aspect, and that's the one that we pick up right after it says, is, uh, after is the creation account there, where he talks about us having dominion over things. Mm-hmm. And there's a functional thing, that we, and we see that exercised in a lot of different ways, um, you know intellectually um you know uh, just you emotionally know, emo- well emotionally probably in that relational aspect but but you know the the idea of, of being a steward of the earth is in that functional aspect of taking dominion mm-hmm. yep both colossians and ephesians would say that we were created um that we're being recreated in the image of god after the fall and they would say that we're being recreated in true knowledge holiness, and righteousness. So at least one component of being an image bearer is that we are moral beings um, that is distinct from any other part of creation. The rest of creation is not moral. I think that passage in Ephesians uh, uh, 4.24, which talks about being recreated that way, I think it really is demonstrating what is lost because of sin mm-hmm. you know we, we're still these relational we're still relational we still bear the image of God but the very things that are lost is this true knowledge and holiness that yeah. that God created us with yeah I think um you know we, we've talked about the holiness of God before and obviously the holiness of God means that he is completely other there's there's really no analogy that can be made to him and that's totally true it, on the one hand. On the other hand, when we're talking about um, man made in God's image, what we're saying is that um, we are like God. Um, and, and that is what distinguishes us from any other creature on the planet. There's no other creature that is like God except for man. Yes, yeah. For instance, in the, in, uh, the creation narrative there, Every time God creates, he, sa- he creates these things after their kind. That, that phrase is repeated mm. some 10 times. Right. But when it comes to man, it doesn't say after his kind. It says in the image of God. In fact, you almost expect it to say that. But he creates you know, Adam first, and then he also creates 
Eve, and both of them are bearing the image and likeness of God. Yeah. And I think it's just important to just make sure we were clear that we are made in the image of God. We are not made gods, mm-hmm. and we will not become gods. Yeah. Um, and this is where many religious sects have gotten in trouble in the fact that they make the creation of humanity the creation of gods to be. Um, there's always a distinction between us and God. Yeah. There's always a, a creator creature distinction that never changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still a, a great honor to be created in the image of God, in the likeness of God. Yeah. Um, so not to denigrate that language, but we also don't want to be where we go to the other extreme where we say, oh, someday we'll be God. Yeah. yeah. It's we the won't. difference between very good Yes. And very God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great um, distinction. You know, I, I think I said this on the program here a couple of days ago. Um, one of the crises that exist in culture today is the crisis of identity. Um, people are grabbing a hold of um, either a gender or a particular type of sex and saying, well, this is what I am. And that's because there's a longing inside human beings that – I need to have an identity. I need to have a purpose. I need to have a meaning to my life. In our souls, we recognize that there's something in us that transcends the physical world. Mm-hmm. And he, right here in Genesis 1, it tells us that our, our essential identity, whether a person is a Christian or not, a Muslim, whatever, um, black, white, man, woman, whatever, our essential identity comes from God. And what happened at the fall is that's what got broke. And we've been trying to find our identity ever since. How do we how do we get back what it means to be human? And this is so um, this is so relevant. I mean, you, you, you've seen these Supreme Court um, you know hearings lately f- for this nominee that's that's coming up, and um, she can't answer what a woman is. Well, that's not a surprise because our culture can't even answer what a human being is. Mm-hmm. You can't answer what a woman is if you don't know what a human being is. And Genesis 1 tells us mm-hmm. we are made in the image of God. That's our essential identity. So um, now one of you guys mentioned that um, Genesis 1 doesn't unpack necessarily what that means, right, image of God. Where would we find that elsewhere in Scripture? Like, what, what does it mean then? So, we know that a human being's essential identity is that we're an image of God. What does that mean? Can you flesh that out for us? So, sometimes we, we've already made reference to Colossians 3.10 and Ephesians 4.24. That tells us that us as image bearers is about true knowledge, true holiness, true righteousness. I think that the account of um, Jesus with the woman on the well um, gives us the fact that we're, we're a spirit. Um, God is spirit. Um, Jesus will say to the woman at the well, and and he must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And because we're a reflection of God's image, we also are spiritual beings, mm-hmm. um, unlike the rest of, of the created world. And we we have that because we're image bearers. And that's right in Genesis 2, right? Yep. We're, we're, we're more than just bodies. We're body and soul, and that mm-hmm. spiritual being is what... Um, Russ is pointing to there. And, you know, this is one of the things that distinguishes us from mere 
creatures, other creatures, other animals. And, you know, this is, a, this is one of the problems that our world faces is they can't figure out what the difference is between man and animals. And so you, you do have these groups that, you know, are... Please do not call your animal your fur baby. <laughs> stop it. Stop, stop, stop it. That, that, that is one application of yeah. that very wow. thing. You know, um, you know, there is, there is, there is a difference, yeah. uh, you know, a complete difference. And, yeah. you know, and this is why, you know, different ones have a problem, um, you know, with, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, we're, we're to be stewards of the earth. This is what we're supposed to do. That means we steward the rest of the creation. We don't elevate the creation to um, yeah. manhood, yeah. Uh, to humanity, but we steward it. We care for it. We yeah. watch over it. Yeah. So there's the spiritual aspect. There's um, holiness, righteousness, mm-hmm. knowledge. But I mean, there is this, and this one's a little bit hard to pinpoint an exact passage in scripture, but Jonathan mentioned that God is a triune God. He's relational in himself as a being. Yeah. Um, let us make man. Um, so there's this communal communal aspect to the character of God, um, and we share that. Um, but it's hard to point to a precise passage in Scripture that, that says God is a triune being because it doesn't ever say that, um, but it's implied and yeah. um, noted been- throughout. Even when it talks about God, it uses a plural of Elohim. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- this is a, a plural referencing the Godhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Let me plug our conference real quick. Coming up October 21st and 22nd, uh, we have our annual Reformation Boise Conference. Uh, we are pleased to announce this year we do have Dr. Joel Beakey coming back and Dr. Derek Thomas. The subject matter is going to be on the church. You don't want to miss it, so go register at reformationboise.com. Mm-hmm.